1: So it, it turns out that there was a little bit of a cost to the Bucks and the Titans getting together. And I do mean getting together last week with those joint practices and then the preseason game. You know, right after the game, Steve Bursnick, the, the head coach, Mike Vrabel, announced that he woke up on Sunday morning and he had a sore throat. And it wasn't from yelling at referees. And so he went and had a COVID test and he was positive. Um, and... They were also positive that that might be bad news for the Bucks because he had spent the week, albeit outside, with Tom Brady. And then even before the game, Brady and Bruce Arians were chatting up Brable a little bit order, towards midfield. Well, it turns out it um, claimed one of the Bucks' first victims, and it, it was a uh, place kicker Ryan Suckup, who apparently, and I, I don't think this is encouraged, um, but suck up his vaccinated and he went out to dinner with a couple of friends. I would assume maybe at least one player, but I don't know. Could have been coaches um, from the Titans organization while they were down here last week and they, he, he tested positive. I guess he had a positive test come back uh, to him on Tuesday. Um, So he now is out for five days. He'll miss the game on Saturday, uh, you know, in Houston now, the Titans only have, like, one player, I think, under COVID protocol. I don't think it's somebody that, a defensive lineman, that uh, necessarily Suckup would have gone out, you know, for a meal with. So perhaps there'll be others um, on the staff or somewhere else that that have it. Uh, but this is just, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. I think it could have been worse. But at the end of the day, that's why they're so careful about following protocols and um, of course where the titans were staying you know in the state of florida there's so much covid right now it it wouldn't be unusual for uh, for somebody to catch it just you know coming down here but um yeah it's it's unfortunate and it's a uh, it's a reason why that when they make these roster cuts they're quickly you know going to want to make sure um that they have a kicker and and other positions in case you you know you you have say your specialists uh, become infected or, or test positive Uh, with vaccinations. It's not as long
0: or even just have to quarantine for close contact, you know, right. You could have to do do that before a game or something, you know I mean? Yeah.
1: And if you're vaccinated, it usually isn't that long. You mm -hmm. have two, two, two negative tests in your back, but, but if it um, happens on a Saturday, it might be too late. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So, you know, um, none of the other players we talked to were seemed that upset or that concerned. They're like, you know, we live with this sort of reality every day, and, and um, as of yet they haven't had any more cases. And as we get, you would think, sort of as we get further away from when they got together, uh, that they would be in the clear. Um, you know, I think the concern that I had when I saw the photo before the game when Vrabel announced that he had COVID was that Bruce Arians was – you know, right there, again, albeit outside, but nobody had a mask on. Nobody had reason to believe they should have one on. Um, But they were standing there sort of at midfield, and, you know, now we know that that Brable very likely could have or would have shed the virus, and, you know, kind of there they were. Um, So they're fortunate. It's just just Ryan suck-up, but that means Jose Borgales now, the rookie from Miami, Will get a chance to kick. I, I, my personal opinion is they weren't going to let him kick in the preseason because they know how good he is. Uh, I, I think the, I think the prevailing plan for him was, you know, when the, they cut down to fifty three, um, waive him as one of the last players. Try to hope that he clears, and he probably would at the kicking position, but you don't know. Uh, and then bring him back on the practice squad. Now anyone can sign him off the practice squad to put him on the active roster, but. You know, he, I've watched the kid. He's very talented. Lou Groza, award winner. Extremely strong leg. I mean, bangs him from 60 yards with some consistency. And, you know, has had just a great camp. Suck up, meanwhile, has struggled. He has not uh, been very good, to say the least. Now, you know, the difference is with him, you know, it's its like baseball. you got the 530 hitters, right? Looks great in batting practice and then gets in the game 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Suckup is just the opposite. Not a great practice kicker, but you put him in a game in a pressure situation he's money. He was 91% last year. So they obviously are going, to, are going to lean towards the experience and the mere fact that they've already guaranteed him $5 million. <laughs> so he's, you know, I guess you could take that on your cap, but he's virtually, in my opinion, kind of uncuttable unless you just completely... Um, something something weird were to happen, but so
0: are we going to see more fake extra points, and then you know, that way he's kicking from the ten instead of the you know the maybe that's why I'm thinking like, may, always maybe go they for two, just never kick field goals, go for it on fourth down.
1: That's that might be what you see on Sunday or Saturday night because just, they may just to say, hey, you know what, we might put Borgalis out there, but let's run the fake, let's uh let let's go for two more. Um, we're gonna
0: practice some situational fourth and tens, you know,
1: right, right. <laughs> I I mean they could do any of that because it was weird because. You know, all he's been allowed to do so far in the first two preseason games is kick off, I think, one time. Um, but he has no stats. And I'm telling you, I watch this kid kick all the time. One day, I said something to Bruce Arians about, wow, Regalas was pretty impressive. He went like eight for eight. Now it was indoors. And he had a couple, like 60 yarders. Um, and then the next day, he missed one or two from way downtown. And then Arians drove by and said, you jinxed him. And I'm like, Well, maybe, but, you know, this is the thing. You never know what a guy's going to do in a game situation. It's the old, you know, you say I have no experience, but if you won't play me, how do I get experience type of thing. But he's really talented. I think they they, they really want to keep him uh, if they can get him back on waivers. And now he may be forced to kick and expose his talents uh, to another team that might be in need of a kicker uh, when he goes to Houston. But, yeah, the COVID thing, man, uh, it's – it's part of our lives. It's going to be here. Uh, it's going to be a factor throughout the NFL season. They navigated it last year by moving games. Uh, they are determined not to move any games this year. If you have an outbreak and you can't field the team for what, whatever reasons, whatever the protocols are, then they're simply going to make you forfeit. Um, they do not plan on doing all the. Can we just they forfeit, forfeit the
0: preseason ago. game and not have to play it? I mean, you know, it's well, preseason. That would be great.
1: <laughs> That'd be great, except these guys are maniacal about, well, we can't go 10-day, you know, would it be like three weeks before they were in a game? They only took six snaps and all this. I just hope nobody gets hurt, you know. Um, what we were watching the other day with Jacksonville, their young running back, ETN from Clemson. He's out for the year. Yep. Got hurt in a preseason game with a Liz Frank injury in his foot. That's devastating, man. Like, he His rookie season is over. You know, and that football team, by the way, woof. Yeah, I was not Those good. Those guys, that right. no. No, we talked a little bit about it. I think urban, Urban's urban got a lot of work to do, and, and I'm not sure he has the right staff, and, um, you know, he's going to lose more games than he has in his entire college career probably in the first three months. But, um, yeah, now now they're without – you know one of the big pieces when you when you're the worst team in the league, you get the high draft picks. So you gets ETN from Clemson, and then now he's hurt. Trevor Lawrence, you know, got hit a lot. Didn't get the ball out. Like I saw Dan Orlovsky just ripping the Jaguars' offense. It was just so bad. Um, Daryl Bevel is their offensive coordinator. Used to be with Seattle Seahawks. Remember the guy who didn't give Marshawn Lattimore the ball at the one yard line? I mean Marshawn Lynch. or Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. I'm thinking the NFC South. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch the ball on the one yard line. And Brady won another Super Bowl.
0: The game's over. Why are we talking about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, have <laughs> heard that before. So, um, anyway, yeah, it was look, we, we still got another couple days of practice out there. It, they're in game mode. It is, um, you know, walkthroughs at 11. Practice starts about eleven ten, eleven eleven fifteen. They go to 1.30. Um, we had an interesting situation where we can watch the first 30 minutes, and then, of course, we retire to our spacious trailer located in the parking lot at the Advent Healthcare Center. Um with all the uh with all the niceties of home. But they came and got us and, and so what they've done is they've set up sort of a uh, a background with the Bucks logos and stuff. Um similar to what you see in training camp and then they have chairs sort of spaced out underneath one of the awnings there uh outside the facility. And then they bring people over that we can talk to from a a safe distance, I suppose. But it is outdoors and so it's it's obviously a little safer. Having said that, I am you know, I'm gonna be a complainer tonight and I I it's not my style. I just just, just doesn't do anybody good. No one wants to hear it, but I, I think it affects the fans and I think it affects our readers and it's gonna affect our listeners and everybody else. It's certainly gonna affect what we do for a living, and that is that the NFL uh, came out, not surprisingly, given all that's going on, but they came out and them and the union have agreed that there will be no open locker rooms again this year, despite the fact that um, the Bucks and, and other teams think they're going to be at or close to 100% vaccinated. And, you know, the media members, uh, at, at least the ones that are allowed at practice and, you know, um, at the podium to talk to players, were all vaccinated. Uh, just, like just like their members of the PR staff and and and, and the team media, you know, because they, they do a lot of writing and you know, blogging and breaking news and video and all that stuff. We're shoulder to shoulder with them every day. And and yet, um the league obviously wants to restrict the number of people who come into contact with players, which is understandable um to some degree, but by the same token, you're allowing the team media to have access to the locker room. Okay. Well, it, there's a little bit of pay to play here. I mean, it's it's sort of it's sort of different rules for different folks. And you know, it's a little like Raymond James Stadium and this this is, you know, at least right now, I don't know that there's an NFL mandate about this, but I know they're leaving it up to the teams. Um you know, and we're we all we all and I'm a, I'm not an anti-masker by any cha- by any stretch, but you know, I think a lot of this is eyewashed. Like, you know, they make us wear a mask uh, to go in the press box. You have to be vaccinated, which we all are. We're separated a little bit. The desks, you know, the work areas are not on top of each other. And so consequently, there's not as many people in the press box, which is good. There's some common areas, obviously. But their staff, um, they've decided are going to wear masks, and they've told, all the media members, they have to wear them, too, even though we're vaccinated. And even though I sit next to my colleague and others, Joey Knight and others in this trailer, um, without a mask all day, and it's, you know... Um, but when we when the same two people will go up to the press box, we get, both got to put one on. Um, and it, yet, across the way, if you look to a club seat or a sky suite, you know, you have fans paying customers and if they can crack so much as a window none of them are required to wear a mask and it's not again it's not an NFL PA rule and it's not really a TSA rule although they rubber stamp anything the bucks which is their main tenant want to do it's what the bucks want to do you know so it's you know if if there's money involved it seems like the NFL is going to be very lenient to say the least um, depends on where you live, you know, the Oakland Raiders or the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders and been Oakland in a while, Las Vegas Raiders have decided you have to show proof of vaccination because they have an indoor facility and Nevada is pretty strict about, you know, things like that. And so they're going to require their fans to uh, show proof of vaccination before they go to the games. So, so it does depend on where you live. course this is the state of florida where it seems like anything goes did you see lsu
0: is requiring vaccination
1: lsu the bayou yeah,
0: or a negative covid test 72 hours prior
1: yeah right like travel like like it is when i went to hawaii i had to have a covid test 72 hours before we went out there now it's just like being um at uh, the tiger tiger state of vaccination tiger state of tiger king gold tigers you gotta do that to watch uh to watch your lsu tiger so it's You know, but the NFL is, um, you know, they're in control here. It's been difficult, Uh, not that we haven't survived and even thrived because, thank goodness, you know, um, there's plenty of interest in Tom Brady. Uh, This franchise, as you know, went 12 years with no playoffs, Uh, you know, five head coaches in 10 years, turnover galore. Uh, very few fans in the stands and then you know pennies from heaven right like here comes Tom Brady and everything changes and they win a Super Bowl now they're sold out season pass members don't have game day tickets available that's how many how much how popular they are and so all all of that is great and um, they're going to try to get as many many fans in the seats as they can and that's certainly their prerogative but you know it, it just it just kind of stinks because for what we do, we're in a relationship business, right? To build, we talked about this before, to build trust with a player or and or a coach, you know, you need time with them. And in order to do that, it's not always about where the scrum is, where the bank of cameras are. Like when, you know, when, when you have this sort of group press conference or whatever in the locker room, I tend to go the other way. I tend to go talk to people when there's not, a lot of folks around and in that way i can can control the relationship the conversation what i ask him what we talk about it's not always football it's you know you see the same person every single day i'll give you you know this is kind of a weak example but it's funny when i was doing radio um and you probably know people like this too steve when i was doing radio on the way to uh, the Gandhi studios there was a cvs um and because i was somebody that had you know wanted to wake up and needed a stimulant, uh, I was a big Mountain Dew drinker. And for whatever reason, I would stop at the CVS. It was part of my routine, and I would get a Mountain Dew. And there was always like one of two women that, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning were working there at 445, whatever it was. And so I saw them for maybe three to four minutes a day. But, you know, over the course of five years, I got to know everything about them, you know, Got to know whether they were married, husbands, dead, alive, children in or out of town, and it was just a conversation that we had four or five minutes at a time. It's a little bit like that in a locker room, you know, because you have access two or three or four times a week. You see the same guys. you get to witness them sort of in their habitat in a way. I mean, it's the locker room is, is the domain of players. We're only invited there, um, but they're looser. You know, they're their own personality. You get to see their personalities. You get to see their interests, hear their interests. And it's just, it helps us in understanding and giving perspective to who these guys are, what's going on in their lives, so that when you sit down and watch a game for three hours, you kind of know there's more than football here, you know. Um, And unfortunately, that's going to be missed. There's other ways. You know, I'm not going to compromise our coverage just simply because I can't be in a locker room. I have good contacts and we will continue to use those, and we'll find hopefully creative ways to work with the PR department to get, you know, some one-offs or one-on-ones or whatever. Um, but it's, it's not as easy as, you know, being able to go and create your own stories and your own narrative. So it's unfortunate. And it just more and more it seems like the NFL, and it's probably not just them, but it seems like the NFL, they have a product – it's a lot of money. Um, they want to control the narrative. They want to, you know, they, they're selling ads too on those websites, right? They're, they're trying to get the same people that are on their electronic media, the, the phones and the iPads, to go to Buccaneers.com. Every team has invested a million dollars in social media um, in terms of employees, equipment, all that, and... They're, they're, In essence, they're competitors, you know, because we're now a digital company. Um, we're doing much the same things. And so it's sort of freezing you out a little bit, you know. Uh, it's their game. And it's their product, so they can do it. But you it's know, unfortunate because but, I think the readers are, are less for it.
0: The funny part is, and, and you know, I've been around this a long time and in many locker rooms and, and around a lot of reporters and, and see how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm. When you try to control the coverage and the narrative and mm-hmm. limit the access, it generally backfires on you. Mm-hmm. Because when something goes wrong... Right. ...a bad play, a bad series, a bad game, whatever... Right. Right. ...and you don't have any access to find out the real story...
1: Right. No perspective. Right.
0: You know, then it becomes... What teams can't stand is when well all you do is rip us or all you do I mean teams yeah. will say they complain a lot about this stuff,
1: of course they do and, and, and they and, should and, 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 yeah.
0: and, and you know the good reporters and, and, and even commentators or columnists or you know depending on whatever the medium is right you know you're going to rip them when they deserve it, and you're going to praise them when they deserve it, mm-hmm. but if you have no context to anything because you have no access, you have no. You yeah. have no relationships and trust, yeah. And, and you know, I know Mark Topkins talked about this a lot, and, and I've have been around baseball more as far as locker rooms and sure, and, sure. And, 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 baseball and they spend a lot far of the more field. time.
1: They spend far more time with their with
0: players and coaches than we do. Yeah. And Topkins told us, and I've seen this with Topkin and many other baseball reporters over the years. You know, they'll talk to thirty to thirty five people on the staff that day. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not with a notepad out and taking notes. No. It's no. Hey man, how'd your kid do in the in his baseball game last night or man, did you right. see did you see that basketball game last night or Right. You know, it, it's just whatever. I mean, it, it maybe something happened at Purdue and so you ask Kevin Kiermaier about that. Right. You know, the Boilermaker basketball team did something or who knows. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's you get to know these people and you create that relationships and trust, which is why players and, and this is true in the news media too, whether it's politicians or whatever else. They'll have conversations with you and give you mm-hmm. context to things because they know you. They know they know you're not out there just to get them. If you've got to criticize them because they deserve it, they they get it. But, yeah. you know, it's that the, – the great stories that you hear, you know, whatever profiles you read or see on television or whatever else, it's because of relationships. That's right. You know, yep. that's how – that's how Tom Rinaldi does his stories on now Fox from ESPN or, you know, mm-hmm. name them, you know, mm-hmm. Wright Thompson, all those guys. I mean, it's relationships they build. Yeah. You know, Peter King's 19 minutes with Tom Brady. He's got a relationship <laughs> with Tom Brady.
1: It's <laughs> the best 19 minutes in football. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And the other, the other thing, you know, is that, I mean, you get to, you get to know these guys, but you're also accountable to what you do, what you write. And and listen, we're not all, not all, you know, producers are the same, not all managers in baseball or football are the same. Um, true of journalists too. There's good and bad folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sometimes you can't tell the difference, but you know what? Um, you know, if you are going to be critical about a player um, or something that occurred in a game, if you're a beat writer, you're there every day. And so... There's something about having to, you know, face the music and 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 walk into that locker room knowing that, hey, you were pretty hard on so and so. Now, you know, hopefully you were fair. Um, first and foremost, that's what you strive to be, and you didn't take a bunch of cheap shots. But if that player uh, has a problem, he knows you're going to be there every day. He knows he knows where to find you, and he can confront you, and you can you can confront him. Um, you know, so. And I've had those confrontations. <laughs> um, some of them didn't go too well. i still mention Rondy Barber's probably <laughs> saved my life, pushed me out of the locker room one day. Uh, and, you know, but at least you're accountable. At least you're there. And they know you're going to be there. And I think there's a certain amount of respect that comes with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, hey, these are the beat guys. Um, they're here every day. Um, they sort of live the season, you know, um, we're not playing. We're believe me. There's a big, you know, we are we are not affiliated with the club whatsoever, but we're there every day and we see what they go through. We see the sweat. We see the practices. You know, um, you know, we may only get thirty minutes, but there wasn't a ton of people out there. You know, they they've taken down the bleachers. You guys have all been through here and and gone, and it's down to four or five beat writers. And we'll be the same four or five people out there every day for an entire six, seven month season. And players see that they know that they respect that, you know, um, we're, we're sort of, you know, we're sort of ingrained with them, uh, embedded, uh, if you will. So anyway, you know, it's just four or five of us beat writers and we're sort of embedded in there and, and, you know, they can see us and, and now we only will see them. And when they're at the podium, but enough whining, complaining, uh, Kvitzing, I, I don't want to make this a woe is me type podcast. It's not. Um, I, I just want the readers and the fans of this football team and of the National Football League to get uh, as much information as they can, and it, and it's just going to make that gathering process a little bit harder. But we will strive to keep our standards up. I'm sure we will find a creative way to do it, and hopefully we'll get cooperation uh, from the Bucks and from the league. All right, so uh, we had, I think, a mailbag question left over. Is that right? Well, first of Um, all, last
0: night we got a lot of great reaction from Mike's question, who we had had tweeted it out, about who would you take in a seven-game series, the 2020 Rays or the 2021 Rays?
1: That was a hell of a question. I'm glad we did a poll, and, and of course, I guarantee – that I am 100% correct on those mailback questions. So go ahead and give me the poll result cuz I took So that that the means you're saying race.
0: Yeah, you're saying 64% of our audience is incorrect. Wait, what? Yeah, 64% of the audience took the 2021 race. Well, so they're wrong. if if you've answered 100% correct, you're saying 64% of our audience is
1: incorrect. That is that is correct. Yes, I am saying that because I am I am always right on the mailback questions and if they took you know what this is? This is this is uh, recency bias, is what this is. Because it's in front of you now, you have short memories. You have a bad feeling because you know the Rays lost in six games in the World Series. You're just going to go ahead and say, "Oh no, I like these guys better. They're way better than last." No, they're not. Just well,
0: wait. It depends. I mean, you'll you'll agree they're better hitters this year. They just don't have as much pitching, particularly starters.
1: Offense, the question the question is you have a better The question
0: is do you want a thicker lineup or a thicker starting staff?
1: Mm-hmm. And I chose last year's starting staff yeah. over this year's hitters.
0: And I chose this year's hitters. Right. And and the and audience so, sided with me, so.
1: <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> How does it feel to be on the wrong end? <laughs> How does it feel to be wrong with 66% of the people? Oh, I'm telling you folks, you got to stick with me. Uh, The easy thing for me to say at this point is like, oh, yeah, well, let's see if they make it back to the World Series, smart guy, because that's cheap, right? I mean, it's hard to get to the World Series, right?
0: here's, Here's the other part, too. And granted, last year's team was very good, but they went 40 and 20. They played exactly. a 60-game schedule. Uh, over 162, they may not have made the playoffs.
1: They may and, not have. And there's no guarantee
0: right. the Rays make it this year either. But with. No, every other
1: team played 60 games. Yeah. It's not yeah. like they played 60 sure. and everybody played 160. Absolutely.
0: But. but with 35 to go, this Rays team's in a pretty good position. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now granted, the Rays, again, had the best record in the American League last year, just like they do at this point this year.
1: But they could be a wild card before the season's over or sure. not make the
0: playoffs, well, I suppose. Especially the way the Yankees are playing. I mean, they've won 10 in a row, and as we tape this, they're leading tonight over the Braves, and which would be their 11th win in a row.
1: So. Man, they look really strong. I'm telling you, they look strong. Giancarlo Stanton is on fire. He's just, you know. They've got some guys like that that can just, like, A Rosarena you for months at a time. Well, they've
0: they've, and it was funny because so I was making my trip back from Charlotte on Tuesday. It was supposed to be Monday, but long story. Yeah. So I was I was flipping around radio stations all over the country Mm -hmm. for part of it, and Mm -hmm. so I listened to WFAN for a little bit, and they were talking a lot about the Yankees Mm -hmm. and you know just how much Andrew Velasquez and Anthony Rizzo and all their acquisitions have created a, a life for the team. That's right. I, I, there were several callers and, and even one of the hosts was, you know, they they created a soul for this baseball team, which has been missing for years, they were complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of what we talk about, whether it's the Willie Adamases or the G Man Choys. Oh, I think they the brought energy And and yeah, you know. they
1: they absolutely they brought energy to that to that clubhouse that is just steeped in morose expectations sometimes. And the one thing I'll say like Anthony Rizzo to me Um, that dude, even, you know, there's a lot of people that hate the pinstripes. Let's be honest. They're the evil empire, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to hate Anthony Rizzo if he plays for him. You're just not. He's too good of a guy and everybody knows his story and they, they followed him with the Cubs and you know what? He brought that same swagger and energy to that clubhouse. A guy that is a world series champion, a hell of a baseball player uh eager to win eager to go back and 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 be in the world series again and he's likable you know what i mean like he's a he's a he's a you know a ray of sunshine Mm -hmm. in a very jaded part of the country
0: and andrew velasquez (laughs) the same way and he's a kid same way
1: yeah yeah so nah it's those that's a good story i mean look the yankees God bless them. They got the money to do it, and they went out and got some great additions, and and they are on fire, on fire.
0: They really are. We needed the Braves to help, but uh, I know. This week. But so far, I mean, you know, Charlie that, Morton
1: got got ripped.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did not do the the Rays any favor on uh, Tuesday night. So I'm checking the score here as the game's still going on. Oh, it's actually four to three. The Braves got another run back, so it's oh six okay. So so that game's not over yet, and the Rays are one one as we tape this in Philly. Okay. So. Oh, and uh, we talked about this last night, but Nelson Cruz did play first base tonight for the Tampa Bay Rays. The first time in his, well, it's the first time in his Major League Baseball career. He has said he's played it at, like, charity softball events and stuff before. So, you know, <laughs> he's ready thing. for the, you know, big it's league. The same <laughs> thing. It was
1: funny because he had some chances early, and one of them was kind of a bad hop grounder that he fielded, and he laughed about that. Another one, he was playing off the bag, and he ranged way to his right on a, on a, on a ball, he probably had no business going after and Lau was right behind him. And it was kind of funny because he missed it and it went right to Lau and then threw the pitcher for the out. So they were laughing about that. But uh yeah, he you know everybody i I know it's not more than one game probably or at least one series in this case, but um the guy seemed to handle it okay. I mean it wasn't he didn't look completely out of place. I mean I think sometimes we overthink this. You, you wouldn't want to do it for many for 162 games, but you know he's got as we sit here in the eighth inning, he's got a couple of knocks, <laughs> so he's coming up in a big situation now with first and second, nobody out. I'm giving you play by play a day later, um, and, and so you wanted to keep his bat in there, absolutely. And in the National League park, of course, he's got to play a position. So,
0: well, see, this I mean, is an underrated part of the Rays franchise. I mean, we all know what they do with pitchers, right? But look at what they do with first baseman. I mean,
1: G-Man Choi, three is an above-average first baseman. As we speak, 3-for-3 with a double now, or three hits at least, and he just drove in two runs to break the tie. It is now, again, you're getting this a day later, 3-to-1 Tampa Bay Rays. Nelson Cruz, the first baseman, coming through in the eighth inning for the race.
0: Oh, and by the way, I listened to some Philly radio too on the way back. Ooh, they're, they're down on the Phillies. Ooh.
1: Are they? You know, they well, were in it and two, now they're week, like, two weeks ago they're, they were they, they were, were
0: first place in a couple games up and then Atlanta like won five nine out in a row. Now, yeah, right? Atlanta won yeah. nine in a row and the Phillies went into a slide and Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they were they were uh not very kind to the Phillies on not that the Philly radio is kind to anybody, but
1: <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> they tend not to be that way. Oh, you think it's gonna be good this fall? How about your Philadelphia Eagles? Pick up a copy of Are We Worse Than the Texans? Oh, that's a bad that's a bad football team in my opinion.
0: I don't know. They were they were saying that, you know, it's going to be their offense going to be fine. That's what that, that's what I heard the caller saying today in Philly. So. No.
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I, I think they're kidding themselves. And if the offense is fine, I don't think the defense is fine, so they'll be playing from behind a lot. But uh yeah, Nelson Cruz, the first baseman, with a big night. See, I mean G
0: Man Choi, Nelson Cruz, we just pump out first basemen. That's what Three this organization notch, does.
1: Yeah. Three knocks. Anyway, um, so what else do we got on the agenda here? A couple guys in the
0: senior committee, right?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. So the NFL, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, committee, they have a senior committee, and they um, nominate uh, usually uh, a a player, and then they also have a contributor and or coach. This year it's a coach. They go every other year with contributor and coach. Um, And so usually these things are rubber-stamped by the committee that chooses them when the general voting occurs sometime around the Super Bowl. But your senior committee uh, player, I think, is Cliff Branch, the wide receiver from the Oakland Raiders.
0: I loved watching him as a kid. I was...
1: He was great. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific hands. Um, Could run. You know, the great thing about the Raiders was Al Davis, you know, he, in addition to saying the quarterback must go down, he must go down the hard, he also liked to throw the ball down the field a lot, and that's what Cliff Branch did. And then the uh, – the coach is one Dick Vermeule, longtime Eagles coach. Of course, mm-hmm. came back after about an 18-year break uh, on television and then coached the St. Louis Rams to a world championship, a couple of Super Bowls, and won one of them. Yeah, I think he'd been in three, he won one overall, if you count the one he lost to the Raiders in Philly. So, yeah, it's uh, – and I'm just wondering how Dick's going to make it through his speech without a box of Kleenex. No, I can't imagine him. A box. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: I mean you're you're buying one of those like uh, twelve packs or whatever of
1: Anytime boxes. you'd interview Dick Vermeil, it could be for anything, right? It it turns into the Miss Teen USA pageant. I mean all of a sudden it's just <laughs> you know, the tears just start flowing. I mean, it is he is an emotional, emotional guy, and to to have him recap his life um up there for however long he gets is going to be really quite a, quite a week for him, but uh, uh, I'm assuming he will get enough votes. It's 80%, you know, yes, no, basically. Uh, I'm assuming he will. And so, yeah, Dick Vermeer will be your next, one of your next members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, come, I guess, next Super Bowl. All right. So, uh, tomorrow we have a, a couple of mailbag questions we're going to get to that we weren't unable to get to a few days ago because I was being right about everything. And then, we're, you know, we're also got. Going to dig into this Tom Verducci column. Tom Verducci, who's an outstanding reporter, writer for Sports Illustrated. You see him on Fox uh, quite a bit, or MLB Network actually now, I think it is, um, doing uh, baseball games sometimes on the field, reporter, as he was last year, I think, for the ALCS. He's written a, a, a column or a story about the Tampa Bay Rays. It's not flattering. It's it's basically saying that they may not be so great for baseball, and particularly for pitchers. And so we'll get into that. Uh, it's a really interesting column that we want to uh, want to examine a little closely. So check that out tomorrow. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.
0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.